Hey, good afternoon and happy weekend to all you amazing listeners out there. Welcome to an afternoon edition of the Poetry Corner Podcast. This is your host, Matt Foster, for all those who didn't know. And today, ladies and gentlemen, today, I want to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. A video game franchise, actually, that is near and dear to my heart. So without further ado, let's talk about it. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, you amazing listeners, and welcome to a special edition of the Poetry Corner Podcast. This is your host, Matt Foster, for all those who didn't know. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about a game, a video game franchise that is near to my heart. Um, In a previous episode I did just last night, I mentioned that um, I was an avid fan of the Kingdom Hearts uh, franchise, and... uh, I want to give a further emphasis on that, you know, because I played the original game when it came out in America back in uh, 2002, 2003, around that time. And uh, at the time, I was kind of confused as to who this main character was, this protagonist with these big old yellow boots and this massive house key. Okay, I was I was just on the fence about, you know, because he he was standing besides, you know, what I could familiarize as Goofy and Donald. You know, and I was like, all right, what type of, you know, weird mashup of Disney and Final Fantasy this was. And uh, at the time, I didn't think nothing of it. I just popped in the disc in a PlayStation 2 because that's the console it came out on at the time. And uh, I just played it. I remember watching the opening cinematic. And there was a song that played during the cinematic. And I can't play it, you know, on the podcast due to uh, heavy copyright laws, but I can give the title. Uh, it was by an, by an artist of Yutada Hikaru. And uh, the name of the song was Simple and Clean, Planet B Remix. And long story short, ladies and gentlemen, this opening cinematic to the original Kingdom Hearts blew my mind at the time. It was like nothing I have ever seen in any video game franchise. And to this day, that is a cult classic when it comes to video game intros you can ask any game fan especially those who play uh um open world rpgs or you know fantasy video games in general you know that is a cult classic but anyway i played the game you know i played you know the first beginning level where it begins on destiny island islands uh between sora and and kairi and riku or sora riku and kairi or riku sora and kairi however you want to put the trio together but anyway, it begins with them, and uh, they want to build a raft, you know, to soar, I mean, to sail to other worlds. And you like, gather these ingredients, and you, you discover the uh, rivalry between Sora and uh, Riku over Kairi, you know, over her attention at the time. You know, two boys, teenage boys, you know, a girl, go figure, you know what I mean? It's going to be some uh, competitiveness, you know, there, because I remember when I was a teenager, me and my buddy Dino... We were competing for attention over this one girl, and uh, he threw he kind of threw me under the bus at the time. But I'm gonna give a a, a story a backstory about that in another episode. But anyway, you know I I kind of related to Sora and Riku's rivalry over Kyrie. You know at the time, you know I was 13 myself. So, um, long story short, I, I was just you know vibing with it you know what i mean gathering the materials and playing the little mini games a racing game and uh there's this one scene where if you uh if you beat 
Riku, you get the name, the name of the boat, which is the default name for the boat which Sora picks out is the Excalibur. I don't know why, it is what it is. But anyway, long story short, I played the first, you know, couple days in that game, and uh, it, it, it was kind of inspiring at me, you know, because of the fact that um, when I was a kid, I always wanted to travel. You guys know this. All my OG listeners, you guys know this. When I was a kid, I always wanted to travel. You know what I mean? I wanted to see what was out there in the world. And there's a cutscene that plays. I'm not, I cannot make this up, ladies and gentlemen, between um, Sora and Kyrie during the sunset. And they talk, and he was like, you know, she was telling him, you know, once we, once we set sail, I can't, we, I can't wait. It's going to be great. You know, we're going to really get to see all the other worlds out there. And it was inspiring to me, a homebody, a kid who really didn't, you know, socialize much and who always had a desire to see what was out there. You know, so long story short, it was like it, it had me from that moment. And after, you know, I got further in the game, you know, got the other Disney worlds. First, your first world is Traverse Town, Traverse Town or Traverse Town, however you say it, however you pronounce it. You know, that's the first world you go to because your hometown is destroyed. And uh, I'm just giving a brief summary, ladies and gentlemen, so bear with me. And um, long story short, you go to other Disney worlds after you go from Traverse Town. And it's like the first world you go to is, you know, uh, the, the deep jungle, which is Tarzan, you know. And it's not, Tarzan's world is not ex included in any other detail, any other uh, games in the franchise later on in the franchise. Due to Edgar Rice Burroughs having the copyrights for it, and Disney just don't want to, you know, sit down and have a talk with, you know, the Edgar Rice Burroughs estate and try to work something out. So, um, Deep Jungle, I mean, Kingdom Hearts 1 was the only game where Tarzan's world was implemented into. So, long story short, I played part one, I played part two, and it was about a boy. If you never played, chain of memories on uh the game boy advance or the remake on playstation 2 before you played uh kingdom hearts 2 you would have been lost in the sauce because it begins not with sora but with a boy named roxas you know sora's other half but i can't it's really a convoluted story but once you play the entirety of all the games because i played every last game you know what i mean except three I'm going to give a, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell the truth on that, ladies and gentlemen. I played every game except three. I have seen all the cutscenes for three. I watched the cinematic, you know, let's play version of uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 from beginning to end. And I played all of Union Cross from when it was Kingdom Hearts Key to Unchained Key to Union Cross all the way to the very ending of um, part one and two. You know what I mean? Up to recently. So I kind of understand the story of the Master of Masters, the Foretellers, and all that good stuff. But anyway. Um, I would like go on in my life to explain, you know, try to <laughs> explain the intricate plot, the convoluted plot of Kingdom Hearts to my friends, because I have friends who played RPGs and action RPGs and stuff like that. And they were just as confused as ever on who this character was, where they place in the story, what about their background, you know, what game that they're, they're in, and they just couldn't piece it together. You know what I mean? You really have to follow the chronology. You know what I mean? If you played the Legend of Zelda franchise, you know about convoluted stories. So, or if you played Final Fantasy, you know about convoluted stories. So, therefore, I would go 
and, you know, play these games. And I would understand because of the fact that I would really pay attention to the, you know, uh, character development and uh, character stories and backgrounds. And I would go to character wikis and all that online. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I was looking for my car keys. I thought I dropped them. But anyway, I would go and read the character bios on the wikis online and stuff like that. And that's how I would have a understanding of it. And yes, I'm out here recording in my car. I'm on the go. I have some errands to run. So bear with me if you hear any noise in the background. So that's why my friends never understood me. You know what I mean? I was social. You know what I mean? I wasn't an anti-social person. I was social. But due to the fact that I had friends who were outgoing, I was more of a homebody. I was an introvert. They were extroverts. You know, they were always outgoing. They always had to do outdoor activities. They always had to be content with sitting in a house playing Kingdom or Final Fantasy. And I didn't play it just to play it. I played it for the story. I played it for, you know, the character development, you know, the plots and all that. And if you played Kingdom Hearts, there was always a cutscene at the very end after the credits. It either says, um, now it says an oath to return. Before it was, um, what was it? Oh my goodness, I haven't played the original Kingdom Hearts in so many years. They will play um, another side, another story at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1. And it would always uh, conclude, the cutscene would conclude at a cliffhanger. And it would always says unlock what it was unlock Kingdom Hearts or something like that. Uh, bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but anyway, um, in so many words, it would always say unlock Kingdom Hearts. It will always mean uh, those credit those post credit words would always mean uh, there's going to be a continuation. Now today, if you beat Kingdom Hearts Melody uh, Memories, Kingdom Hearts Key, Kingdom Hearts Three, uh, after all the cutscenes and in, in, in the secret ending and all that, it would always say an oath to return. Meaning that there's going to be another title coming up. So uh, while we're all on the rate, all those who are fans of the Kingdom Hearts series are on the wait for the next title entry, which would be Kingdom Hearts 4 or a little side story. Um, this is um, we're entering into a new storyline since, you know, Xehanort isn't the main antagonist anymore. We're entering into a new storyline segment of Kingdom Hearts. So it's interesting to see where the the uh, story runner and um, game designer with, um, and owner of the company, Tetsuya Nomura, um, it's interesting to see where he's taking the plot and the story and everything like that. I do know that they're taking a break from it this year, you know, due to, you know, la like earlier, uh, last year they gave us Melody and Memories, they gave us all the Kingdom Hearts Union Cross updates all the way up to the ending last month. And um, they're, they're, just, they're just taking a break from it. You know, their next title is um, not like it's a nine Kingdom Hearts game. And I can't leak what it is. But um, if you paid attention to E3, you know what their next you know few titles are that they're working on. But they're taking a break from the Kingdom Hearts series. It is very convoluted and it, it can stress you out trying to break down the story and all that. But... Um, yeah, like, I've been an avid fan of this game for years, decades, you know what I mean? It's almost been 
20 years since this game has been out. And I've played every last one except for three. And it kind of really affected me socially. And when women, you know, would find out that I played these games, because I dated girls who were gamers, but they were more on the racing game side of things, GTA, sports. So they played a lot of NBA 2K, stuff like that. And they would occasionally play a Final Fantasy game. But it's odd, you know, dating a gamer girl who does not like the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Even though it's it's a blend of Final Fantasy and Disney. I guess it's that Disney aspect that kind of throws them off. Because when you play Final Fantasy by itself, especially the new... Um, Final Fantasy uh, 7 Remake, the Intergrade, there is no Disney in there. You know, it's a story based around mainly Yuffie and uh, Cloud Strife and all those, Aerith and all them. Um, it, it's based around them, but it's no Disney in there. You know, so it's mainly the Final Fantasy universe in that. But long story short, ladies and gentlemen, like the funny thing is, I'm going to share a little story with you guys. I'm going to share a very funny story. Me and my buddies, we were um, hanging out at his house. So it was me and a few other friends at AJ's house playing uh, a turn-based card game called, you know, Cold Decept Saga on Xbox 360. And we're all joking around, laughing, and, you know, uh, as we take our turns, we're building up our decks, our monsters on, on, on that and everything like that. And um, we're joking around about other action RPGs and other RPGs that uh, we like to play. And uh, they mentioned off, like, Monster Hunter... Um, Dynasty Warriors and all that other good jazz. And they asked me, Matt, you know, what RPG do you like to play? And I mentioned Kingdom Hearts. And I explained the synopsis, the you know, summary of the story. And it was an awkward silence for a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. It was a real awkward silence. They looked over at me and they laughed. They was like, Matt, what type of soft Disney game is this? And I explained, bro, this game is deep, bro. It'll hit you in the feels. It's nothing like a Disney game. You know, you go to Disney Worlds, but it's not like a Disney game, you know. And uh, they they just still laughed at me. So at the end of that, you know, one game of Cold Decept, that one turn, you know, I ended my turn. You know, I took that loss or whatever. And I told all the guys, you know, I'm going to holler at y'all later, man. Because I felt disrespected. And ladies and gentlemen, and if anybody... Stops being friends with you. They make fun of you. They ridicule you over your preference of entertainment, be it music, TV, food, video games, books, whatever it may be. If they make fun of you, then they're not your friends and you need to get yourself away from those crowd of individuals. That's very toxic. And we shouldn't open ourselves to any toxicity at all as human beings. You know? If you have a friend who likes a certain preference of movies or TV shows, you know, embrace that. Help them embrace that and, and, you know, enjoy it with them. You might actually come to find that TV show might have a good plot. It might have a good story. That video game franchise might have a good plot that might intrigue you. Who knows? But, yeah, so weeks later, after, you know, we patched up things, me and my buddies, um... My buddy D came to me and was like, Matt, bro, he said, that Kingdom Hearts 1 will hit you in the fields, man. He said, it'll hit you in the fields. And he explained that that one scene where Sora, you know, 
stabbed herself with a keyblade to free, you know, Kyrie's heart from his body. It's a real intricate plot, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me, you'll you'll be lost in the sauce unless you are a Kingdom Hearts fan. You'll know what I'm talking about. But if you're not a Kingdom Hearts fan, you'll be lost. You got to experience it for yourself, and it'll hit you in the feels. Like, long story short, after that scene, he told me, he said, bro, I cried in front of my girl. I was like, bro, I told you to hit you right in the feels, bro. Like, we had a good laugh about it. We talked about it. He apologized for making fun of me and all that good jazz. And I told him, hey, you know, no hard feelings. No hard feelings whatsoever. And we bonded over Kingdom Hearts. We started talking about Kingdom Hearts 2, 3, 5, 8 over two days and all that other good jazz. And he told me, he said, I think I like the franchise now. He said, I think I'm a fan of it now. And uh, he was like, Matt, I see why you like it so much. He said, the story is confusing he said but he says but i enjoy it though he said it's a great game with a great story so long story short ladies and gentlemen that was my little story of my love for the kingdom hearts series and i hope you all enjoyed the story um this was one of those embarrassing secrets that i didn't want to tell but it is who i am as a person and a uh avid video game fan um so I thought I'd share this little tale with you guys. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I love you guys. I thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all have a beautiful and blessed day. I hope you're all enjoying the festivities uh, going on, you know, in celebration of July 4th. But I hope you're all being safe as well. But anyway, guys, I hope you all have a beautiful and blessed day. Thank you all for tuning in. I love you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your love and support. From the bottom of my heart, it means a lot to me. Take care, and God bless. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is your host, Matt Foster of the Poetry Corner Podcast. And I want to talk to you about my favorite place to buy and find poetry books. At Barnes & Noble, of course. You see, since I was 17 years old, I would either go to my local library or to Barnes & Noble for all my literature needs. Whether it was just to improve my reading technique, to learn another language, or discover new poets. Barnes & Noble has always been my go-to when I just want to get away from the stress of everyday life and hop into a good cup of latte in an awesome book with so many locations and online stores you can check out your favorite genres of literature at your local Barnes & Noble. So, if you're ever in the mood for an autobiography, a murder mystery, love story, or simply the thrill of adventure, go check out your local Barnes & Noble. Your lie in April. Let us begin. It comes as no surprise, the secrets you held within your heart for another. You really thought I was your tool, like I was so easily fooled. You fed me so many fabricated stories that I've gotten full. And what hurts the most is the pain from the scars that you caused. But I'll get through it easily, because I've been here before. You see... You must have not paid attention to the roadside warning signs that I was aware of everything that's been going on. It somehow slipped your mind over time that I'm no longer that age to play the games that you play. I pray that God can ease what weighs heavy in my spirit today. So he pulls up when I leave? You weren't aware that I looked in my rear view mirror when I went to see what's going on behind me. And I reneged on my heart. That I wore on my sleeve as I take back all the love that I gave you and I'll return all that love to me. (laughs) You'll be fine without me, right? You'll live. All you need to do is just breathe. 
I don't live to regret anything. I just wish I would have listened to my friends when they said that you weren't the one for me. Somehow they saw all the things at the time that I didn't see. And I held on to every lie you told like it was all I needed to believe. Now my mind has been awoken to all the lies that you seem to speak. In this instance, I simply let go while you struggle to hold on to me. You see, I took the time to think all of this over carefully. I don't need you like you thought I did. I'm a traveler anyways. I'd rather live my life day to day, stress and carefree as I set sail upon the distant sea. A traveler's heart. Let us begin. The winds of change and destiny begin to blow once again. I think it's time to hit the road and see the world once more. I've been settled. I've made some friends and sadly hurt a few hearts. In my honest opinion, I've been here way too long. I yearn for the adventure. I'd love to hear the sounds of the mountain's gentle breeze and the river's song. I've always been a city dweller, living in this cafe apartment with my cat. I want to get everything into my car that I could pack. Put my foot to the pedal just for the adventure and thrill wherever it's at. When I was a child, my mother would always say that I was different with my eyes constantly set upon the horizons and with each sunset and moon rising in hopes that I'll one day be everything she'd be proud of. And so far, I've been all that, so much more. So with my eyes set upon heaven, I take a deep breath as I now begin my journey forth. Soaring for the first time, let us begin. With eyes closed, I tread towards the valley's edge. I take a deep breath and I leapt into the air. I was certain that I was going to fall to my doom, but to my surprise, my wings spread out, and for the first time ever, I took flight. I was joyfully surprised to see the full view of the land from the skies and all the sheer beauty that was once hidden from my eyes, but I wouldn't have witnessed it if I didn't decide that today was the day that I will take flight. Had I decided to stay planted upon the earth, I wouldn't have gotten a chance to see the world. So I implore you today, at this very moment, make a decision to go for your dreams. Close your eyes, trust in God, and simply take flight.